It is the Danger Gnome Podcast, and I am still your Tio Gomez. Today, we have a special guest. We have Whit Johnson, the owner and proprietor of Merryweather Cycles. Welcome to the show, Whit. Thanks, Gomez. It's great to be here. So, I was interested in talking with you because you uh, are one of the one of the few builders that has truly embraced in America anyway uh, the five inch or five inch plus fat bike uh, that's right right you've you've built a couple yeah. of these things right yeah I have one myself I have uh, an elevated chain safe fat bike I actually have built five five or six total but three were my my own <laughs> So I I don't know exactly what year, but the first elevated chance thing was in 2014 for someone um, in Durango. And then from there, it just kind of went out of control once Kuriak, Mike Kuriak asked me to build him one because he had seen the new v, uh, 2XL uh, online. I guess it was yeah, it's a, a prototype at that time. That's the uh, that's the the one tire that kind of exists. That is the five point oh five. It's the V tire snowshoe two XL, um, and that you've mounted on, and you achieve the all of the clearances by elevating the chain stays, right? That's correct. So with uh, the first couple I built. I was just trying to get shorter chain stays on a, on a, on a surly butter loo, uh, and just kind of get the chain stay out of the equation since at that time, um, that was the biggest tire The I've always, I don't know, I've been around for a while, so I've always liked the, the look of elevated chain stays and the kind of the benefits they, they, uh, they provide, but they, you know, they have been kind of the, a weak link with breaking and cracking at the seat tube and, and at least on mountain bikes, but on fat bikes, it hadn't really been, no, I don't want to, I don't want to lie here, but it had been done before on the Remolino, I believe it was, which was an early fat bike Right. that, um, I'm not even sure who, who made that, but, uh, Gosh, the history goes way back up in Alaska, and I think the lower 48, including me, learned about it, filtered through various people like Mike and and uh, some people I have, like Pete, Pete Basinger up in up in Anchorage sure. now in Moab. But there, there, there's there is a history that goes uh, way back to you know double rims and using two tires and sewing up tires and all these crazy things that are just so fun to look at. And um, the weakest link has always been the tire. So, you know, Surly has always provided that kind of jump with tires from the 29 plus and the fat bikes. And uh, it was, it was kind of a surprise when for me at least that V was the first to release a six, you know, purportedly a 5.5 at first. And then it actually, the production was more like a 5.05, like you say. Right. 
So um, not to ramble too much about it, but, but Mike had seen the, the prototype dimensions on MTBR, I believe, and had reached out to me and asked if I would make a bike around it. So at the time, the, the, the stated specs were something, I think it was like, I don't remember exactly, but it was, it was a lot bigger than it turned out to be. So I got to building a bike without a tire in hand, and that is something that is kind of stressful because you, you really want something to measure and put in the frame to see if it actually fits. So I I overdid it knowing that, uh, you know, there might be bigger tires for all I knew. Sure. It's kind of the tire warfare might go on and on. Um, so elevated chain stays was the best way to do that, it, I found, because it's just – the pinch point is always the chainstay tire, chain ring, and the crank arm. Right. So the right. chainstay is being elevated. You get that out of the way completely and don't have to worry about it. Right. It makes, uh, creates it creates a lot of space. Uh, it takes that out of that, that very crowded area. Uh, <laughs> in a very open, yeah. what is otherwise a very open frame. And kind of the elevated chainstay bikes that I was aware of are the Yeti Ultimate, in the mountain yeah. biking world, the Yeti Ultimate, the Nishiki Alien, uh, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. I had a, I hadn't really heard about frame failures as much as it was bottom bracket uh, stiffness that was lacking mm-hmm. in those bikes, right? Um, but with with the bigger tire and the uh, new manufacturing and just the ability it. While with a uh, mountain bike, you might have more frame flex, but you're really flexing a lot of the tire before you even yeah. get to frame flex. Um, and just as a as a as a like a point here, we we published a, in 2012 a picture that you sent us uh, was one of our <laughs> wallpaper Wednesdays of. Travis Brown riding one of your elevated chainstay bikes on Molas Pass uh, in yeah. the Durango Silverton area. Um, so it goes all the way back to 2012 when you were making prototypes. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I remember, the, I can, I'll get to that in a sec, but I think one of the reasons I went with elevated chainstays was uh, there's a builder called Chris Herding who worked for or was 3D racing mm-hmm. in Durango. And he's a, he's a pretty legendary frame builder. He worked for Yeti. And a lot of things kind of come from Yeti that you don't realize till later. So the ultimate was, yeah, that was one of the coolest, and I still think, still think is one of the coolest elevated chainstay mountain bikes um, around. There's been copies of it and, re, re, you know, Builders have redone it to new stand, you know, new wheel sizes and such like that. It just has that look that a lot of elevated chainstay bikes didn't have. Like the Alien was cool, but it was it was bizarre looking, as you know. And and the Fisher Montera, I believe, was one that had some issues with cracking. And um, it's just one of those things that it, it, the cracking and the, and the frame failures got swept under the rug and they quietly stopped making them. I noticed. And that was, you know, early nineties, I believe. And, so, and bikes today have, and, and several bikes today in the plus bike genre have an asymmetrical elevated chainstay where just the drive side chainstay is elevated. 
That's uh, right. Yeah. And I think those are all carbon bikes. And now yeah. with carbon, yeah. they can shape things and and do their layup to make things stiff in the correct directions that uh, steel tubing or, or metal tubing can't necessarily do uh, in the same dimensionally right uh, small areas right so uh, it's just right. an interesting thing now did you ever uh, work wheel uh, offset into or frame offset into any of those designs to gain this 505 plus a quarter inch kind of clearance or did it go past 505 were you were does Mike spike have uh, wider than 100 millimeter rims on it that's right yeah so we kind of played around with the width of the hub and uh, 197 was the widest it still is the widest and just because of the wide tire and the chain line um, you could use a 197 with a with a fat bike front chain line of 75 or 6 but depending on what was going to happen with the width of the tire in reality, we just decided to go try bigger. So he, Mike's a big proponent of, uh, you know, maximizing chain line is kind of a, a weird idea, but maximizing chain line for the gears you'd be mostly riding in. So on a fat bike in deep snow, you're mostly in the lowest gears and the high, you know, the largest cogs. So having a wider hub or an offset 197, which we did not do, but we did a we did a 217 um, made by Onyx that they they were so kind to build us a, a handful of those for, uh, for for bikes. Very cool. So we did a 217, and that way it was symmetrical, easier to easier to build the bike, the frame around. And all I had to deal with was just, you know, making sure he had the right heel clearance and calf clearance and all these things that when you get to such a short chain stay wide axle and wide bottom bracket, um, not the bottom bracket, but the wide axle and the wide tire, you need to make sure you kind of clear all those body parts that you don't normally have to worry about. Right. So the 217 allowed us to, to have, you know, the gears were mostly uh, in the lowest so he, he kind of less crossover on those lower ones, and when it was down in the other ones, it was still acceptable. But it was it was uh, he rarely you know you're rarely bombing down a hill at least in the uh, in the in deep snow. So uh, I didn't care too much about those high gears. Right on. But the 197 offset is definitely something that could be done. Walt Walt of Waltworks has done that a lot with uh, short chain stay mountain bikes, just with one before it was 135 or 142 he would do a 142 offset five mils so you would get the chain line to the drive side more and get more clearance from the tire i just recently tested an otso um oh the name is going to escape me but it's their steel bike um it has five it's a 197 rear axle that has five millimeters built into five millimeters of offset built into it to just untuck that cassette so that they can run a one by 12 with that 505. Um, oh, cool. So I didn't know they were doing that. That's not, that's, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little trick that you can do. You just have to make sure you dish your rear wheel correctly. And that's why a lot of people weren't 
game for it because you can't just swap wheels between frames. Right. Yeah. I did. I, I, I did in my review of that bike, you know, say you got to know that going in. If you're a person that yeah. likes to swap wheels around, this is, it's not going to work. So uh, <laughs> unless you can, unless you're a wheel builder and then you could just, yeah, you know, yeah. just redish the wheel. So no as long as your yeah. spokes are too bad. Enough, so, <laughs> yeah. And so going back to the, 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 the Travis one was, so back when, back when Trek did not have a fat bike, um, Travis, Travis and I are friends and he just reached out and decided, we decided to make a frame together and he kind of put all his, you know, uh, passion of all the things that he knows about design and, and engineering. And we just kind of made it happen. It was a very ugly bike. It was probably the ugliest bike I've ever built, but it was also kind of at the beginning of my career. But what we did at the bottom bracket to kind of prevent that stiff, you know, that lack of stiffness was to kind of, uh, we put gussets from the seat tube down to the outer edges of a hundred mil shell to try and, you know, prevent some of that lack, you know, that uh, twist mm-hmm. and then everything was kind of gusseted in different ways and this and that uh, to try and make a stiffer elevated chain stay bike. And that bike he rode for a couple of years. And then once Trek um, jumped on and said, okay, yeah, we're going to make a far a bike, they call, you know, the Farley, you know, well, the Farley. Right. Um, he sent that bike back to me and then I sent it up to a friend in Alaska and it's still being ridden to this day. So I love that it's being, you know, I thought it was going to last a, a year or two as a prototype, but it still lives. It's kind of interesting too, <laughs> that you mentioned that you attached your chain stays or, or to the outside of that, that bottom bracket shell, that, that would definitely gain some structural stability of that, of that bottom bracket. Yeah, and like you said, um, the tire with such a big tire and such low pressure, you're, you don't necessarily notice a lack of frame stiffness. And I, I mean, you're, you, there's so much else going on with that kind of frame and, and tire and rim, and it, it's nobody notices a lack of stiffness. Of course, it is less stiff, but. Uh, it's just not going to matter to most people. And when your focus is on a, on a ride quality or in Mike's case, a, 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 a geometry that allows him to ride where other bikes don't allow him to ride, right. that is more important. So that was the reason for going the elevated and trying these, trying these, these weird things with, uh, with that design to get as much clearance as possible. And so my, both my bike and his bikes, he has two of them. They can accept up to a 5.5, uh, 26 by 5.5 or a 27.5 by, well, the biggest they make right now is, is a, what, a five, a five ish. So he rides them in both wheel sizes, but mostly in the V2 XL because that still is the highest volume. Right. And he just can ride whatever you want, but one PSI. That's that's wild. And how about width of rim? Is are you running a hundred, a hundred and five, or there are rims right I, that are available overseas that are one hundred and thirty-five millimeters wide? Yeah, we haven't tried those um, right now. Um, well, back then, I guess when I built those, it was about two thousand 
15 or 16 for Mike, and he used the Kuroshura, I can't remember how to say it, mm-hmm. but it's 110 mil. There you go. I, I believe it's 110. So it is a bit wider than what the clown shoe at the time offered of 100. And it was carbon and extremely light. He built me a pair of those two, and I still I still ride them. They're amazing rims. Yeah, um, I, I have one of the old pair of 100 millimeter head single layer carbon cells oh, yeah. that aren't made anymore. Yeah. And uh, I love that. I, I love to ride that because I, I still ride ungroomed snow. And when it's snowing, I try and go ride. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's it, it. And I say that Johnny fives on those rims are like a secret weapon for riding yep. in places yep. like Alaska. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe can you describe to our listener, like what kind of conditions where your super wide bikes, these five inch bikes excel over today's max flotation bikes, like what, where that bike excels over a button loo bike. Well, I think what I've noticed and, and what I've had, uh, those that have ridden them have noticed is just that the softer the snow gets, the less consolidated it is, the less moisture that the snow has. Um, you know, you, on a normal bike, you'll be hiking a lot. So, mm-hmm. Even on a Bud Lou, um, which are in reality more like a four eight, right. uh, they you, you just you just don't have that contact patch as you do with a bigger rim, a bigger a bigger tire. So you can really get down to really low one psi or less even, and just plot along. And the, 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 it's not just the tire. So what what I what I was like to bring up is chain bay length and then the front end geometry. So a lot of times um, in order to make room for those tires in the back, you have to lengthen the chain stays. And this is a whole debate. And as you all know, within the community of Fatbex, whether a long chain stay or a short chain stay bike rides better in soft snow or rides better in general. But uh, from what I started off doing and what I was asked to do with the uh, the two XL bikes were to make as short as chain stay possible to get your body weight over the rear tire as much as possible. Because when you have more weight on the front, it's going to track and kind of lead you astray. Like imagine you're on a single track of Mm -hmm. soft snow. The front tire is, you know, you need to weight the front tire to a certain amount, but if you have, if you have too much weight on the front tire, it's going to squirm and and, and go where you don't want it to go because there's not a lot of, uh, right, you want it yeah, to be a little bit. You want to have it. a light front end in deeper snow, for sure. Yeah, and I think that once you ride bikes that do that, you realize it's almost like you're doing a wheelie because you don't want the front tire to take you where you don't want to go. Your body mass is is is, be, is being back over the rear tire. You can kind of steer with your hips and your body easier. Mm-hmm. So that is the geometry that we kind of created with this was shortest possible so i think it was about 440 with about 80 mils of bb drop so the the, uh, the effective chain stay length was quite short like four, 435 or four, something like that um for a 5.5 um when the tire came out it's still a 5.05 but uh we expected the next round we expected a, a, a 3xl to be as bigger because they actually had created one 
But anyway, that, the point is you're, you're with your body weight back and over the rear, you get traction because just like with a short chain stay bike, you get more traction on climbing when there's short, short, when the tire has more traction from your body weight being right over that axle. So that was the idea. Um, now everything's getting so long and slack and long and slack, it does push the wheel out there. But we haven't made a new version of the bike to kind of emulate that new, you know, forward geometry that is so popular right now. Like um, max flotation bikes just aren't made to go as fast, and that longer, slacker geometry. The faster you go, the better it feels. You know, so and the slower you go, the worse it feels. So right, right, exactly correct. Like when you climb on one of those bikes. They're they're worst. They're the worst when it's a steep uphill because they have all that wheel flop, and um, you don't have a lot of weight on the wheel because it's so far in front of you. So I know that they've been trying to, you know, the, the steeper seat tube angle tries to accommodate for that. But when you, yeah, the fat bags, you're going, you're just plodding along at under four miles per hour. So because it's deep snow, you just want traction. You want to be able to stay upright. So you're not flying down the trail and it, you know, so a shorter, a shorter wheelbase, but with most of your weight on your wheel is actually pretty beneficial. So that's, that's what the, these bikes feel like. Um, and you know, it's, it's been five, whatever, seven years now since we've built them mm-hmm. because no new tire development has come out. So this is kind of what, uh, it's been a dead end. We thought everything's been going down to four, 27, five by four and stuff for race bikes and for hard pack snow. Whereas, Mike and others have just sat here with this five two VXL whatever two XL, and, and and kind of shaking their heads, going, "I guess that's it. Nobody wants to go any bigger." <laughs> well, uh, that's where we're going to uh, like blow some people's minds here. Is you know, I no. someone someone made leaked to me that uh, the certainly bicycles there is going to reintroduce and and reintroduce a Moonlander with a six inch tire. And then, no way. And, uh, and, you know, I have... Like 20, uh, 26 inch or 20, what size? 20, what 20, diameter? 24 inch. Oh, wow. Um, so, <laughs> and, I, and I just today on, 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 on my Instagram feed, uh, a company in China tagged us, tagged our, our hashtag, uh, yeah. the TianjinFacts.bike site, uh, bigtirebike.com posted some pictures of some colored, uh, you know, the, like red and, and fluorescent green and white wall and of 26 inch fat bike tires. Um, and, yeah. and I posted it was April 1st. So I posted, Hey, are you making any of those? <laughs> Since I knew that this was in, you know, that, that I had inside information, secret information, um, that, uh, 24 by six is going to be a thing. Um, and, uh, so I posted to them, Hey, you got any of those 24, 24 by six inch tires in colors? And <laughs> they posted back. Oh yeah. 24 or 24 by 6.2 e-bike ready tires have been what? in production. And, uh, I don't, they, they haven't replied to, and then I pushed back and said, so what's the, approximate availability date and they haven't they haven't replied to that but uh, so so tires are tires are in production 
and I did push, mm. and I did send this to. I didn't hear this from Surly because probably if I yeah. heard it from Surly, they would have. They would be like, "You can't tell anyone. It's a big secret. <laughs> this is embargoed." Yeah. But I heard it okay. from somebody else, so I yeah. I contacted Surly and said, <laughs> "So I know you're this. I'm the last person that you want to know this, but I know this. You got anything to say about <laughs> this?" And they're like, "Who told you that?" So they they didn't deny, it. right? So yeah, and then they they were like, they wanted to know my source, and I was like, I replied and said. I trust my source, but I'm not giving up my source. And, you know, <laughs> there wasn't a denial. So I pushed back to them and said, are you denying that you're working on this? And they didn't. <laughs> and they didn't return my that email. So uh, uh, I feel pretty comfortable with, with, you know, I'm not saying that it's that it's real, but I trust the person that gave me this information. And now we know tires are being made. So, you know. Wow, and the rims are, there's big rims, so. Right, there's yeah, I mean, uh, 135 millimeter rims available. I don't know about 24 I mean, inch, but the tire is the yeah. kind of the key. Anybody can make a yeah. rim. Anybody can make a frame to fit around that, right? But right, right. It's, it's the tire is kind of the first missing link, and then you you got you know you just have to manufacture oh, yeah. a longer spindle for for uh, for the crank, and then you're in business. I bet, yeah, I bet the current chain line will work. I mean, those race face cinch with the 222Q probably was a bit fine. Those things are wide. But the that's funny because I, I will admit that I got an email from Surly, someone at Surly, an engineer back in 2017, asking if I would make a, 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 a few prototype 26 by 6 frames. And I looked back at the email because I thought it was 24 by six, but it mm-hmm. was 26 by six. And I said, they liked, you know, they, he said he liked what I did for Mike and the design he had was similar to that, which means that it would be an elevated chain stay bike. But um, they wanted a frame builder to, to, to build, to try and build around that tire size. Mm-hmm. And I, I had reservations because I, I knew how hard it was to get the clearances for a 20 six by 5.5, not a 26.1. So when, when I replied, it, it was a bad time for me, but I said, no, I, I just can't do that. But good luck. I mean, that's, that's a huge tire, 26 by six. And we already had issues with calf clearance and heel clearance and chain line. So I'm, I'll be very interested to see what these frames look like. And, and, if it, and knowing that they're a Moonlander, I wouldn't be surprised to see it's an offset right. uh, rear triangle. Quite right, and uh, yeah. I, I it just kind of makes sense that twenty four, because I don't know if you remember, Surly came out with an eleventh year anniversary of their one by one, and it had oh, yeah. a twenty four inch by three. This is all pre, this is all pre fat bike, pre plus bike. Uh, <laughs> this was this was kind of like a baby step toward towards that yeah. direction. It was a three yeah. inch. 24 by three inch tire on there. And it was a one-time deal that they made that. Uh, if you have one of those bikes out there, it's kind of a, it's kind of the Not missing the link. link of, uh, I, know. <laughs> of I didn't even, I've never heard of that. I didn't know that. I didn't know about the 24 by three. That's amazing. Cause it's always being a frame builder and we get lots of requests for random tire sizes. And, and I would love, I mean, it's hard enough to find plus tires now, 
because they're all getting discontinued. I mean, the, you know, as you know, like 29 by threes are disappearing left and right. So, right. It used to be 29 by 29 by 3.25 was, was kind of yeah. like max plus. Now it's 2.4, 2.6, 2.8. That's what you can get. Uh, that's what's being made now. 3.0s. Those yeah. are far and few between. You have to search to find those tires. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's, I'm glad to hear this because, I mean, Shirley's always been the one to kind of throw a tire out in the ring and, and have them see what happens. So, um, you know, if they build it, if you build it, they will come, apparently. Cause, I, I, I think know, that, that there'll be a great deal of excitement over over a six-inch bike. Um, and what I've always I, said I is 2XL, the, the V... 2XL is a 1,900-gram tire. I've always felt like <laughs> we needed to yeah. find some new tire technology to make yeah. a 1,700-gram 6-inch tire. Now you've got something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and, oh, yeah. You know, we're, we're the human race, so clever. I mean, we'll, we'll come up with it. If, if there's a need for it, if there's money in it, we will do it. Yeah. And that's, uh, well, I hope there is, I hope there's an interest because it seems like they've just been going the opposite direction for several years now. So having a six inches is, is, is a, a surprise to me and I'm glad to see it though. So, well, maybe we're glad to see that there's, that there's rumors of it. It has actually <laughs> been made yet. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I have a post on, on, uh, on Instagram from a company in China that's saying, Oh yeah, we got those. <laughs> So that's I mean, probably as good as I don't know a promise from from a yeah. lawyer or something. <laughs> you know that they have they have to have a bike to fit it though. I mean, if they made right. it, you'd think that there'd be they'd know something that we don't know. But uh, you know, there's a there's um, a, a a shop that is that over in uh, I don't know if it's in the Philippines or uh, in in Indonesia somewhere. Mammoth bikes that. Makes mm-hmm. a mammoth Brutus that it is rocking the biggest tires on 135 millimeter rims, and they don't even have snow. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, what do they ride it on? They just just whatever. I, I don't know, but they they have these big group rides, and they take awesome group pictures together, and they have their. Uh, the the fat bike culture in in Southeast Asia is is uh, has its own flavor and its own style and it it's it's a sight to see. So that's so fun. That sounds like fun. I mean, I can imagine beach riding would be fun with that and, and just, just cush, it's just cush. super mm-hmm. muddy uh, jungle yeah. tracks. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But. Uh, huh. You know, I subscribe to your newsletter, and anybody that uh, is interested, and we should talk about like you are. I, I, your name always comes up when I hear people talking about making prototypes. You've made prototypes for Greg at Corvus and Fatback, and yep. uh, yeah. So and, yeah. It's- yeah, Greg is is one of the first. I mean, to do all the fatback stuff, and then he came out with the Crow Pass with the the Portage handle on it that we did a while ago. And there's some just 
he's got a great line of bikes and it's fun to do. It's fun to be a part of that. But yeah. Um, my personal fat bike guys, is, is one of his bikes. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. No, they, he's been in it for so long. I mean, one of the bikes I made him was just for, uh, Jay Cable who had just finished the, you know, uh, the Iditarod up mm-hmm. in Nome. And it was a, it was a steel, uh, steel frame because he doesn't offer those anymore but you know jay's tough on bikes so he he needed a he needed a steel frame and fork so um he ended up cracking the seat post while riding i guess <laughs> he's just tough on bikes so i made him a steel one that hopefully he won't break but yeah it's uh greg has a, it's a great community up there and i've always wanted to visit and go ride and, well you and should do the iti at least parts of it oh man you mentioned yeah. all of the um all of the missing link bikes that go from Snowcat to Large yeah, Marge, yeah. right? In in yep. his shop, he has the most comprehensive museum of those bikes that I've ever seen. So, oh wow, that sounds like fun because yeah, that's the only place you'll see that. That sounds that's awesome. And his shop ride uh, is is just super fun. I've I've had uh, I've had the opportunity to go riding with him and his crew a couple of times up there, and it's 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 cool stuff. It's it's the yeah, real deal. The only place I think the Alaska Anchorage area has more Merryweathers than any other state, uh, other than maybe Colorado. But it's pretty funny how small community is up there, and they're all so passionate about it. They just they just get get after it. It's yeah. awesome to see. And the trail systems up there, uh, uh, people from the lower 48 just can't understand uh, that you can be, you're in Anchorage and there's awesome single track and moose and bears and everything all in that city. It's, <laughs> it, it, and uh, yeah, and March That's is the amazing. time to go. Uh, the last time I was there was in right before the pandemic in March, right before they shut everything down. Um, yeah. And March is the time to go because you have a little bit longer daylight. And, yeah. uh, uh, like, the snow is just stacked up, and it snows every day. And all, wow. and all, of, the, all of the little, what I call, like, bandito trails, you know, all of the... All, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're not trails any time other than in the winter time because it's all oh. boggy and it's there's just it's just a complete spider web of those trails crazy fun stuff yeah. and it's actual i mean i think you have some of that don't you i mean michigan and wisconsin all that you have single track fat bike trails oh but yeah yeah there's, there's very few places that have quality single track and um and groomed single track like that so it, it's fun to see yeah, you got you guys have that. I mean, we don't have any of that, but it's, we're, we're lucky to get a mile long snowpack trail from just uh, snowshoes. So, but yeah, that's why. I mean, that's one reason why these two XL fat bikes have um, been useful is because there's no pack trails. <laughs> you're not in Durango anymore. You're somewhere in California, right? Yeah, now we're. I'm in uh, Northern California, about now, you know, near Tahoe. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, so we do have we do have heavy snow, and it does consolidate enough, and we get good crust riding, great crust riding. Um, and but, you have like thirty five feet of snow or something. I've, I've seen. 
Oh, double that. Oh my gosh. We, we're above 750 inches now. So wow. I think that's something like 60 plus feet. It's insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So we'll be riding glaciers for a while now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's and crazy. Uh, yeah. And you'll be skiing until the 4th of July. <laughs> oh, probably all year. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So yeah. I mentioned your, your newsletter. Um, and I've seen some, some of the bikes that you're making, like I see a long tail here or a mid tail bike, um, and 29 or bike packing rigs. But the, the bike that just caught my attention because, you know, I'm a geezer, I'm I'm old and (laughs) I, 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 I love my clunker. I love my single speeds and you're making clunkers, dude, that are just baller looking. So, uh, People should Thanks. people should look yeah. you up. I'm, I'm looking at Jason's clunk packer here uh, with his yeah. own uh, handmade bag that he made. That's just oh, isn't un- that gorgeous? Yeah, unbelievable. And it's not the only. It's not the only uh, clunker that I saw just recently in your newsletters. Yeah, either. there's the one that Chris is one the, the yellow one. Yeah, Chris is an older one, but then uh, Kirsten, he has a long tail fat bike, and then he came back this year and got a an old bmx torker style clunker that i just finished and 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 sent to him and he lives in reno so it's a it's a twin top tube torker style frame for 29 by 2.6 and and a rigid fork that looks like the old cook brothers forks with Mm -hmm. you know the offset and the dropout so really a challenging build but super cool to see it turn out and Super fun to see. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I have another one coming out. I'm not going to tell who who it's for, but um, it'll be a Thai clunker style frame that um, that will reside in Chico, California. So it'll be fun to see that one come out. <laughs> well, I can guess who it's for then, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, one of the fun. owners of Twin Six, uh, an apparel company up in Minneapolis. He has a uh, an overseas made tie clunker bike that I've always been like, make that. I would buy that with my own money that I don't have. <laughs> There's, I love the, 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 you know, how it's coming back with, I mean, it's always been there with black sheep and, you know, oddity makes some crazy bikes and, and Curtis and, English, um, man. Retro you know, English has always been doing it. Yeah. He's, I used to, I just used to drool over retro techs when, in back in the nineties and, He's been doing it forever, so yeah, he's the OG clunker maker. And but they're hard to call them clunkers is kind of funny because they are such nice bikes. <laughs> right on. Well, but yeah, they're the clunker style. You yeah. got to say the OG is probably like Ignat Schwinn or somebody, but you know. That's- oh yeah, no, they, it's all based off that. Yeah, the OG. <laughs> but yeah, keeping it alive, Curtis. I, and- I, I ride a uh, an Asylum Cycles Hank. With uh, single speed, and, nice. which is a just a steel, yeah. steel paper boy bike that, yeah, with disc yeah. brakes though. So you gotta have this. Yeah, I mean, bike. It's, it's just awesome. so much fun. Uh, there is something about them that just, pace. yeah, you you feel different riding those bikes. I don't know what it is. It's just the the you don't have to take have take soul. take it too seriously. Yeah, riding that bike is all about fun. <laughs> the, the, all pretension goes out the window, and you're just your ten year old self riding dirt. I think that's it. Is that you just? 
it harkens back to when you were a kid. Like I had an old Schwinn tornado and a banana seat and it's just that it's something that you grew up doing. And then when you get back on one, it's, you probably just go right back there in your brain. <laughs> yeah. There's something truly instinctual about, yeah. about that style of riding that I don't know if, if like my kids will have that, you know, cause they never rode a coaster brake rigid bike in yeah. the dirt, but my time yeah. with us. <laughs> we'll keep it alive. Keep it going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I just saw uh, you know big corporate bike name uh, shared somebody's clunker that that decided to run their their tires. I just wanted to post on there. Clunker culture is not for sale. But you know that, what a, <laughs> and uh, what a hypocrite I am. I'm, yeah, I'm all part of that mechanism. Buy this. It's light. It's carbon. Yeah. It's so. light. Yeah. <laughs> the number one reason people buy bikes, there's a weight. And that's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh well. But, you know, there's also <laughs> a lot of people out there that, you know, have the steel is real tattoos uh, on on their chest, man. And they. Yeah, true. And, true. You know, I, I would have to say that I love my steel bikes. You know, that, that clunker that I have and several other of my mountain bikes are all steel. So, yeah, they they just they just will last, and when they when they end up cracking, you can get them fixed, or they can go back to the scrap pile where they'll get melted down into built something else. So, it's, I love that about steel. Tie is less recyclable, but I love that steel is just it'll live on forever. We're probably riding right now pieces of old Schwinn's or whatever in our new custom frames, you know, pieces just, of old battleships. <laughs> there's a, there's a little bit of steel and everything, everything. So it's just, yeah, pretty cool. Like a very, very good material to build bikes out of. So if folks want to uh, get with you and order one of your dang bikes, who, what's your, what's your website? Website is merryweathercycles.com and it's Merryweather is probably the most misspelled bike frame business anybody, but it's uh, weather as in W E T H E R. So M E R I W E T H E R. And I'll put all yeah. of your contact information uh, in the show notes for this show. And uh, I really appreciate awesome. you coming on. It's always a blast to talk to uh yeah. Creative bicycle artist like yourself. Appreciate you taking well, it's the been time. Fun, yeah. And I'm glad that uh, so long ago you posted that photo of Travis on Mullis Pass because that was a that was it was, a, it was one of those gorgeous small shots of a really ugly bike. <laughs> but it was the beginning of my career and I'm glad that uh you posted it. So thank you for that and and I'm, I'm, I think you, what you guys do is awesome. So keep it up, and hopefully you'll let me know when this new bike is coming out, so I can catch up and figure out how to build a frame around it, the tire. Right on. We'll do. You'll be the, you'll be okay, the you'll much. be the second person. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the second person. I'll yeah. have to poke surly when it comes out. I told you it was coming out. I know. I want to know next year. Come on, let us know. Oh. Right on. Well, until then, we'll just have to. Uh, We'll just have to keep on riding the bikes we got. Aw. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, sir. Thanks for being on. Okay. Have man. a good one. Okay. Take care. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye. So that's our show this time. Before we go, 
we want to award one lucky listener a pair of Koo sunglasses. We'll pick one random winner and announce the winner on an upcoming episode of the Danger Gnome. To enter, send an email to gomez at fat-bike.com with Koo in the subject line. And if you include a photo of your fatty frolicking in the great outdoors, we might share it or send you some stickers. One lucky entry that lives in the U.S. will win a dope pair of shades. Giddy up, God Check bonus. us out on Instagram Check us at fastbike.com. Fastbike.com. Come on, we're still quest to be at the fire. The top of the class will be able to scan names.